cliffcentral.com. All right, it is time for the burning platform, and today we have a full agenda of stuff to talk about. We're also joined by one of our favorite guests, Sonny Moeng, who is the founder of Don Valley Reputation Managers, as well as a freelance writer and columnist, and someone who does not hold back on his opinions. Sully, it's good to see you. How are you? Hello, my friend Gareth. I'm very good. We're very happy to be here. Where's that coffee with Pumi? <laughs> She's on her way. Don't worry. Uh, you're a regular. You're a regular and a favorite on the Burning Platform, and we have no shortage of stuff to get into today. So uh, here she is with her coffee. Hello, Pums. Hello, Pums. Hello. Look at that. Very <laughs> quick. Well done. Okay. So listen, lady and gentlemen, we have we have a bunch of things to talk about. I'm just going to, again, reiterate when I found out that we had a new mayor and that um, Popalatsi, who we had on this show not so long ago, was ousted. Uh, Pumi Mashiko in the frame at the bottom here is the one who told me on Sunday night. She said, did you see our new mayor? And I said to her, what? And she broke the news to me. Uh, And this is what she said. She said he was on Newsroom Africa and he was sitting like this with his arms crossed with with a face like a smacked ass, looked really, really angry. Uh, and all he could talk about was potholes. Is that a fair, as- a fair assessment, Pumi? Is that more or less what you told me? Because that frightened the hell out of me. I thought, oh, this is all we got. That is what he said. He said, they said, what's his priority? He said, it is dealing with the potholes and then launched into a whole thing about technology and being able to, and it was, it was bizarre to watch. It really was bizarre to watch. Really? And two days ago, what is today? Thursday. He was yeah. he was actually sworn in, and he came in a Palestine scarf mm. to yeah. to the swearing in. And and to be fair, you know, he he does um, represent Al Jama, and he uh, rose to fame. I think a lot of people, even though he came from the EFF came from a stint in the EFF, left the EFF in 2016, I think, after there was some kind of hurly-burly with uh, EFF kind of and councils and all of the voting within that party. He then joined the ANC for a small stint, I think for about six months, and then joined Al-Jamaa, where he is now a councillor. He's one of the three people who sit on the Joburg Council for Al-Jamaa. And one of the, what did he propose? So when he then rose to kind of more prominent fame where everybody else got to know about him is they, he proposed the renaming of Santon Drive (laughs) after a Palestinian. uh, um, I'm going to remember what her name is. It's it's a very difficult name for me to remember. Tapelo something. No, no, not not his name. He oh. wanted the renaming. Oh, of it's a Khaled, Khaled something. I think it's Khaled. To a, a woman who was murdered in Palestine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and, and the whole thing was to be because on Santon Drive is mm-hmm. the embassy, the American embassy, right? right. So to be an irritant, uh, to, to, to to show them the middle finger. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. All right. So okay. I, now, I don't know what this Al-Jamat party or whatever it is is all about, but I mean, clearly Al-Jamaat. they're preoccupied. Whatever. I, they're clearly preoccupied with Palestine, and I'm very happy for them. But people in Johannesburg are not, because people in Johannesburg have problems with blue water, no electricity, potholes on every road, infrastructure collapsing, major, major problems, crime, 
the, the place looks like a rubbish dump. I think on the list of the average Joburg citizens list of things they care about, I would be surprised if Palestine top, made the top hundred. And if this guy is going to be obsessive about, you know, seeking to please his tiny, tiny, uh, what would you call it? Um, uh, what is it? It's like a, a small group of people that elected his party with their three seats. Then I'm afraid that this is the worst decision ever made. Who's responsible for putting him in there? Is it Herman Mashaba and Gaten McKenzie? No, 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 no. Well, it's the, the, the spokesperson, the, the spokesperson for um, Herman Mashaba's Action SA made it a, a very clear point uh, in the council sitting just before the vote that they, as Action SA, continue to support the mayor and have the full confidence of the mayor. However, this is his statement, not mine. The DA had let the mayor down in that they had stopped supporting her. And they, it, 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 listen, this council sitting was a shit show. And we saw it coming. We knew we, when, when we had her on, we spoke about it as well, that you know they are going to keep trying to get her out of the seat. And they have not stopped. And the Action SA and Herman Mashaba in, in some of the interviews that I've seen, him talking about what happened, the collapse of the, um, the coalition in Johannesburg, keeps reiterating that the DA is at fault for being arrogant, as they call it, for not supporting the mayor and and really wanting to wag the dog. They may not actually have been actively involved in the election of this new mayor, but they certainly didn't help. Um, So so you say, I mean, the EFF and the ANC are obviously behind this and they will do anything they can. And definitely uh, with the help of the Patriotic Alliance. Right. So they also have uh, blood on their hands then. And if this mayor is anything like what we've, just seen the, the 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 surface of in the last couple of of days and the few appearances he's made in his really really uninspiring speech the other day in his Palestine scarf. I'm not very excited about what the future holds, but I'm also concerned about something else which is happening on the ground right now, and which no one seems to be talking about terribly much because oh it's just a little bit of property damage and you know some people have had to flee for their lives. But in Olivenote Bush, the EFF are going around telling people. Come and get some free land. Just take the land. Um, again, when you deal with people who don't appreciate property rights, what they seem to fail to understand is that someone else will then come and take that property away from you by force after you've given it to someone else without any, any, any documentation or any valid and, and, and deep understanding of why property law matters and why possession of property is an important part of any economy. Uh, there are people who have been chased out of their houses. Businesses have been destroyed. And I'm not talking about rich people. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, people who have uh, wine farms. I'm talking about people who live on small holdings, people who live in small houses, people who live in shacks, people who have tiny little spaza shops, people who have, you know, small businesses that operate off of plots near Nandi in, uh, in, in Centurion. There are people who, you know, who've been trying to, they come from other parts of Africa and they, they've, they've fled here as refugees very often. They're trying to run a little business from the back garden of their shack. And they've been essentially stripped of their property. Or their property has been torched or destroyed. 
and it seems no one's talking about this. And the EFF are not being arrested. They are, they are openly calling for people to just seize property. This is criminal. Why aren't these people being put in jail? Because we live, live in a country that has long been turned into some kind of Orwellian animal farm where the justice system goes after some people and not others. I mean, if you think of the riots that happened in Durban uh, following the arrest, in, in KZN, following the arrest of Zuma uh, two years ago, uh, his children, Duduzani, LA, were prominently active in, in getting people to go into the street and do what they did. But when they were, when the police said, okay, now we're going to go after the people who started this thing, <laughs> nobody's talking about it anymore because they, li- they know that we live in a country where people quickly forget. And, you know, I remember Malema does the same thing. The, 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 the criminal justice system, system seems to fear him. The police, they don't want to offend this man too much. So he says these things that, that, that push crowds, individuals to, who believe him, who believe in him to do things that are not good for society, for the economy. As you say, if, how do you attract, how do you go to Davos and say to people who are open for business, come and invest in South Africa, when there is a risk of their property being confiscated at the, at the behest of Malema? But Ramaphosa as leader should stand up and say, this is not acceptable. And he doesn't do that. And that's a problem. You know, every brand is led by a leader. And if the leader doesn't set the tone from the front, like Ramaphosa has consistently failed to do, everybody runs in their own direction. You're still speaking what about does... going to Davos to get everybody to come in in this. <laughs> We're about to spend a billion rand to get not. our name on to get our name on the Tottenham Hotspur jersey. Hold, hold on, we're going to get SA. We're going to get to that in a second. That there are a lot of people asking about that in the comments. But what mm. does the president do? Let's just. Just fine. You know, we were talking last week about what Didi Mabuza does, and there were some interesting ideas being thrown around there. But what does Cyril Ramaphosa do besides smile, glad hand, climb onto planes, climb off of planes, and arrange NEC meetings where he sits there with a mouthful of teeth? What is our president doing? In fact, what is anyone in government doing at the moment? I hear them all talking a lot. They're talking about a state of emergency now which is a clear admission that they cannot manage the country anymore. I think these guys have just got to look in the mirror and go, this job is too big for us. We're all too useless and resign en masse. I mean, it's a fantasy, but uh, you never know. Stranger things have happened. It looks like Mbalula is quickly going to start running the country with the government from the Tuli house as, as things go. He's the one who's determining the tone. Mantashi, Mbalula. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's very scary. It's very scary. When you look at Salavika, I mean, I describe it as a bucket filled with holes, and it looks like there are more and more holes. It's very porous. You can't even, it can't even hold a drop of water. It quickly falls out because, I mean, where do you start fixing this country with a government like this? I mean, 30 years they've had, almost 30 years next year. It's going to be really, really difficult because there's no leadership, there's no direction, there are no policy certainties, there's electricity power. I mean, I'm wanting to return to South Africa to teach, but I teach online, you see, my students are sitting in different time zones. How do I, how do I do that without knowing that there's going to be electricity? There's no way that I can afford to cancel a class. And many other small businesses, big businesses, you know, and I think we should stop demonizing the rich in South Africa. If people have become rich, through hardware, we should allow them to do so. We have a tech system in South Africa that's progressive. The, the, the more money you have, the more you pay into the system. Just don't steal the money. So we start now pro- blaming our problems on the people who've worked to have money, 
but not only people who are stealing the money, who are making sure that their bodies don't pay the taxes, just just like well, Kanye and Zuma did listen, over time. I mean, if, if it was, if it wasn't for rich people who, are, and I, by, I mean, remember, in South African terms, you don't have to be rich to be rich. I mean, if you're considered right. rich in South Africa if you're earning, I think, anywhere above twenty-five to thirty thousand rand a month. Uh, that's considered rich in this country, which by any first world country standards is not rich. Either way, those are the people paying for schools, for police, for, you know, infrastructure, for municipal services, all of that stuff. Those are the people paying for it because more of our tax is brought in through income tax than any other category. So if you demonize those people or you keep on trying to gouge them, you're eventually going to kill the goose that lays the golden egg and then you will have nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's my sentiment. Um, look, I think well, that, it, and this is this is the ad break for for me to say. I think South Africans, all of us, need to be more involved. It's you know, it's we we love it. We love the the complaining over wine at dinner. We we hate the corruption. We hate this and we hate that. But we're very hardly ever willing to stand up and be part of the solution. Whether it is in joining a political party that you believe in, campaigning for them, donating to them, and being part of the solution. You know, I think we we kind of relegated it. And, and maybe it's because we feel that there's so much going wrong that we just don't know where to start. But I think that there are many avenues of where to start. I often... In the comments, lots of people think I hate the DA, but very often I'm saying, then join the party, join your ward, join your, you know, campaign on their behalf, be there for them, support them with your time, with your money, with your ideas, anybody, you know, anybody other than the incumbents. So where you feel the problem is, support the competitor, support the opposite to give them, to boost them to be able to to have what they need in well, order to be in the positions to be able to affect and make the change. You don't need me you don't need me defending you, Pumi, but I mean you've been a vocal critic of the president. I don't see too many people in the comments complaining about that point of view. Um and and when you talk about the DA, Sully, this is where I want you and in your input, please. Uh, we see that in the DA at the moment there are a lot of problems. Um and, and of course, I've said this a million times. We seem to have a very high standard for the DA and all the others. We have a very low standard. You know, if the ANC manages to, I don't know, um, to, 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 to shit inside the bowl, we usually give them a round of applause with, with the DA. They're required to attain huge high levels of excellence in every respect in order to receive, you know, the most meager of compliments, but. The DA has its problems at the moment. That's evidenced by what's happened in Johannesburg. Whether it's entirely their fault or not is worthy of discussion. That's why we want you to have your say this morning, Sully. But um, Popalatse now, it seems, is also going after John Steenhuisen's position in the DA. So there are actions in there that are not making it easy for people to support them wholeheartedly. Yeah, look, I, I mean, we have this post-traumatic stress disorder, perhaps that comes from apartheid colonialism. So if the DA, to a lot of South Africans, if the DA were to be the one, the one that says, hey, you're standing in the middle of the road, there's a truck coming really, really fast towards you, many people will stay there because it's the DA that's saying that. 
the fact of the matter, and I wrote a piece about a week ago for Fin24, uh, to say the DA is doing a lot of things right, whether people like it or not. The DA has consistently received clean audits since 2006. It's, it, this, these are ANC-appointed auditors, okay, auditor generals, all right? And, and it's, it's announced good news after good news after good news. Cape Town is recovering in terms of visitor and tourism numbers from COVID-19. They're doing a lot of good things. They've just announced the winning of uh, some almost 400 million rands worth of conferences over the next two, three years, etc. But they, there are people who, as you say, they will look at the townships around Cape Town, not the townships around Pretoria or Johannesburg or Durban to see the measures happening there. And they will give the, the DA a hard time because it's racist, apparently. I have spoken to, I think that the, the DA needs to do a better job communicating what it's doing, but, and I think that Stin Hazen needs to, I don't know, to communicate maybe differently better, but I don't think Stin Hazen is, is racist. I don't believe so. Okay, we easily paint people racist in South Africa when they say the or things that we disagree with, and once you've painted somebody racist, it's almost like they discuss, that's the end of the discussion. You can't, discuss, you can't go further. Uh, I think that the DA, well, I mean, if you speak to Mashaba, I spoke to Mashaba a few days ago, and he did say, even McKenzie confirmed that, that uh, the, 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 of the three seats, the mayoral seats that the, the Action SA had, they were prepared to give two to, 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 to PA, to McKenzie's party. The things McKenzie's party is also behaving like a political uh, prostitute, really. I mean, it'll go wherever mm-hmm. there is. You know, this is not about the residents of South Africa of Johannesburg. It's all about what party, what positions do you give us? What is the money in that position? And that's really what worries me. And the DA apparently scuppered this bill in the last minute, which is, you know, they have their own explanation. But I, I on this particular point, I believe Mashaba, because even McKenzie and the two men are not friends of each other. He said, look, the, you know, these guys gave us the two seats we wanted, but the DA wanted something else. And I don't know, we, there's something has to change about the coalitions, the way coalitions work. And it has to be changed. There's going to be a clear guideline ahead of the 2024 elections. Otherwise, we're going to wake up next year with this sort of thing happening again. And of course, they'll blame the DA. Racist, it's racist, it's, 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 it's arrogant, it's all of these things. I don't think the DA is always right or always wrong. I don't think everybody else in the politics is always right, always or well, the ANC and the F are always wrong. <laughs> That's what. Okay, I'm just being naughty. But uh, you know, uh, I, so I, you, I also... go ahead. There's please. a couple of you know, so there there are a couple of different things that we we have to consider about what's happening. Gareth, you say ructions within the party. I'm mm. not sure if there are ructions per se. I okay. think, and, and I did spend the, you know, Monday and Tuesday kind of trying to, to look at what, how the DA works and what impose chances are going forward. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that given what has happened, uh, to her here in Joburg and what everybody around her is saying that the party is what has let her down. Mm. I think it's interesting that she would then very quickly thereafter, put out a, a press statement and she even had a, a press briefing about it, about her wanting to go after John C. and Hazen's job. I think that the timing is wrong. I think she she might have done better to, to take the count with what's happened in Johannesburg. She's still a councillor. She would still be in the council chamber, but also then spend the, the DA uh, electoral conferences happening in April. I think she should have spent the next couple of months internally campaigning at the DA if she really wants this job, if she really wants the job. And I think, I I don't know if she would do a good job leading the DA, but it certainly would bode well 
for the DA if they mm. were able to bring a person like Paul into the uh, FedEx Council. I think that there is an opportunity for the DA to reposition itself in the minds of the voting electorate, at least, as a multifaceted party. That's more than just what Helen Ziller tweets out. That's more than just what we see with John Steenhazen, but a multifaceted party. And maybe they would do well also to partner up with some of the new organizations that are, are building their way. I'm thinking about Songezo Zibi and Rise um, Zanzi here. And 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 reposition in the minds of the electorate as an inclusive. And, you know, branding is so important. There is lots of um, talk about the DA being a racist party or DA being an anti-black party or DA being a white-only party. And that is a branding and perspective issue. It's a perspective issue, and that perspective is not coming out of thin air. It is a perspective that people have because of how they have seen the DA position itself and speak about itself and act over the past couple of years. So everybody will say to you, look what happened to Lindiwe Mazibuko. Look what happened to um, Musi Maimani. Look what happened. You, you know what I'm saying? All of those things position in the mind of the electorate a point of view that says, and we do have PTSD in this country. We have serious PTSD think, about think, what a, a black, think, white yeah, kind of action would this, be. This is a, but this is a fallacious place for us to still be sticking around. I mean, in my mind, you know, Musi Maimani is just a low-quality candidate, just like Carl Niehaus is a bad white person in the DA. I don't think of Carl Niehaus as representing me in the, in, in the ANC. I don't think of, of, of Helen Ziller as representing me in the DA, frankly. I could care less. I want someone who's competent. I could give a shit what color they are. And I've been pretty clear about that from day one. Now, I know I'm not the majority when it comes to this, and lots of people feel for some reason uh, that I can't understand, and I'm not prepared to go into you know, like conversations about sitting down with a th- psychotherapist or whatever to figure out why they do and I don't, for example. But if you have, if you have to see someone who looks exactly like you in order to vote for them, well, I mean, I feel for you. That's all I can say. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that Carl Niehaus or who's the other one? Um, Who's the Minister of Tourism? He was for a while. Uh, Derek Hochart. Like, Derek Hanekom. Derek Hanekom. Hanekom. Do you think, you see, I don't Derek even know. Me. I don't know. Right, dude. <laughs> okay, I, can, can I just say this? You know, that, those, are white, this? those are white people in the ANC, but it means nothing to me. Nothing. Yeah. Zero. But look, look, it's not true that all of the perceptions about the, the DA are due to the DA's failings or utterances. No. There is also a campaign to tell people, I know it, to tell people that if the DA were to win power in South Africa, apartheid would return. The DA is not saying that to people. People, And I've met apparently intelligent-looking people in Johannesburg, black people driving nice cars, living in nice homes, who truly believe that the DA would bring apartheid back. Okay, And the DA is not spreading those messages. It's ANC people. Who are, especially in rural areas, because we have sufficiently gullible people, we have sufficient numbers, supply of gullible people in South Africa who will believe anything, who don't connect the doors, who will make judgments on the basis of a tweet, a headline, and that's the problem we have. It's lack of I education think information. We, we completely discount, all of us, completely discount that the problem with democracy 
as much as it is the only one that works, is it is also about the lowest common denominator. Sure. It is about the lowest common denominator. So you, you've got to consider that what you are dealing with is you're, you're not dealing with just people of you and I, relative, uh, mm. emotionless, looking at the facts, deciding on... There is an issue of if you spread it widely, we, we've spoken about this on the show, even as, as Cyril Ramaphosa was campaigning and setting part of the reason why, as, as every, every indication says to us that Cyril Ramaphosa is not the right person to lead this country because as deputy president, he was <laughs> fuck up to begin with, right? And now you're going to give him the top job. But the lowest common denominator, which is what democracy is about, says these, if these are the, the three red flags that I am looking at, I'm going to see nothing else. I'm going to be like this and see nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the same way that we talk about saying, oh, if you look at the executive at the DA, it's all white. We should be complaining about the, the fact that when you look at the NEC in the ANC, they're all black. I, you know, when I spoke to uh, Willard Zimbeki sure. here on the show a couple of, of months ago, and I said to him, what has happened to the ANC that they have changed from being a multifaceted party to being this singular type of party where the kind of people that make I, it to the top are generally thugs? Can I just say again, I don't care how many black or white people are in any of these. I don't give a shit. And I think there are more and more South Africans who don't give a shit. The big problem we have in this country is an ideological one. At the, at the foundation level, we have a problem because there are people who believe that anyone, if they're elected to a job, is capable of doing it. I cannot build a bridge. I'm not an engineer. If you trust me to build a bridge, the bridge will collapse and I will have killed many, many people. It's on my conscience. I resign as an engineer. If you put me in that position. Now, I don't read enough of Das Kapital to know exactly how Karl Marx figured these problems would go away. But here's what I understand as being a problem. Is that we have a bunch of people in all of these parties, but most especially in the ANC, who are incompetent, incapable, who have very, very low self-esteem and or intelligence, and who've been given jobs which they they are not in any way qualified to do. Politics is now a specialist occupation because you're responsible for millions of people. And in a country like ours, where we have crumbling infrastructure, an economy that needs dire assistance, you can't put morons in those positions because all they're going to do is not only damage the country and themselves, but they will cause irreparable damage to future generations because it's setting us back. Countries like India and China are moving ahead at a rate of knots. Even America, despite all of the collapse of civilization that people are talking about, is so far ahead of us. Look, Gareth. Any brilliant South African is probably sending their children overseas because they don't believe that this is the place for their kids to have the best possible opportunity. So those of us like Solly and Pumi and I that are still talking about this on a South African channel, even though we're on the internet, it's like we're, 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 we're farting against thunder because these guys who are in charge are not in any way capable 
of making the important decisions that need to be made. They're just sitting there in their hands. Yeah. Look, I think the changes that need to happen in South Africa, first of all, it's not just up to the ANC to lose elections next year, which it must, because the ANC is almost like this giant that's pressing its knee down South Africa's neck, and South Africa is never going to stand up while this knee is pressed down on its neck by the African National Congress. But it's not just up to the ANC to lose elections. It's up to the opposition parties to... Somebody, we need a voice. South Africa needs a voice to inspire, especially all those young people and other people who've given up on voting because they they didn't see any change coming out of it. But what we need in South Africa, more than anything else, are systemic changes, the way the, the country works. Right now, the president of the of the strongest party is the becomes the president of of South Africa, and and we know that. With the two positions that Ramaphosa holds, the president of the ANC and president of South Africa, the president of the ANC is the strongest party. But it's 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 a very strange kind of situation because if the the, the ANC decides this is the way you're going to run, Ramaphosa must run that way. Whoever is president must run. They have not been strong enough. You need a very strong person to say no. This is wrong. This is what's good okay. for South Africa. But that's MPs one more. are not MPs. No, but but the thing is, we're going to have this conversation again next year. If we think that all we need is just to change soil, replace them with Pumi, we need okay. more than that. So this is where I just want to take us a step back because we haven't finished with this question that, that mm. Pumi raised earlier. I mean, you two are, are, are people I've listened to and I've, you've made a lot of sense to me over the years. I need to finish this question with a suitable answer, an answer that at least helps me to understand logically, rationally, and reasonably how we can get beyond this. If it is all about window dressing, which effectively is what we're talking about. Because if we're putting people in just because they will appeal to white or black voters and not based on merit, we're only going to make the problem worse, surely, not better. Mm -hmm. So if we put someone like Musi Maimane in, who clearly did not work for whatever reasons, maybe it was the DA's machinations behind the scene, or maybe he was was just a poor candidate. And if someone like Mpopalatse is a good candidate, which I believe, then We've got to do what Pumi says and give her time to campaign, grow her role in the party, and organically make it happen. Then she wouldn't get in because she's a black woman. She'd get in because she's the best person for the job. Once we start to see voters, and we treat them with the respect, I believe, where we say voters are not going to be persuaded by window dressing. Voters will be persuaded by merit. And if that isn't true, well, then we're fucked. But if they can be persuaded by merit then all of this should disappear into the next, the, the, the last chapter of our book and we should start a new one. Yeah, look, the power lies in the members of the DA. I mean, I, I haven't commented about Palatic fighting for the position wanting to become leader of the DA. I think it's okay. Let's have another voice. Let's see what she has to say. Let them, let, hopefully they will give her, and I don't see why they wouldn't, give her a fair chance to convince DA members because they're the ones who are going to vote on whether or not Stenez and stays or somebody else becomes leader of the DA. If she wins, I hope that she will do the things that you describe, Karate, go out there and convince her of South Africa. But she has to speak to all South Africans. You can't have a... You know what? You can't hope to lead a country as diverse as South Africa if you think that only one group is more important than the other. We're all important. The Constitution says so. You need to appeal to all South Africans. And that's a difficult because we're such a diverse country, not just in terms of the way we look, in terms of the way we think, in terms of the way we, we pray and, and, and all that stuff. If you don't have the 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 the, the, the maturity, the emotional the te- maturity, intelligence, the balance to be able to speak to all South Africans, irrespective of whom you agree or you disagree with, just like Mandela was able to, you can't lead South Africa. What do you what do you say, Pums? 
Look, I think, and I've said on the show before, I think, and last year we spoke a lot about um, shifting sands in where South Africa is. And I think that the people of South Africa, poor and rich, black and white, are definitely at a place where they all understand the failing of the ANC. And the reason they understand it is because everybody's life today is significantly worse off than what it was even 10 years ago, right? So everybody is, you you see the inflation, you see the petrol price, you see the job losses, you see everybody has seen all of this. We, We were talking about the deterioration of the water quality, the electricity being out. That is what everybody is feeling right now. And for me, I think it is not for the ANC to lose next year. It is actually for opposition parties to lose because the people are ready to make the change. And the people are ready to make the change if they hear the right noises coming from the opposition parties. If there is enough convincing them. People in South Africa have stopped going to the polls. They have stopped going to the polls. And the reason they've stopped going to the polls is because, A, they are not voting for the ANC. They refuse to vote for the ANC, but also feel they can't give their vote to anybody else. Well, then they must must stay at home because we can't keep on begging these people. And again, this is the problem with democracy. Democracy is not democracy. So... One of my favorite artists, one of my favorite hip-hop artists, um, Jill Scott Heron, had a, a poem about Slampot, had a poem about nobody should be the president because he did the calculation of how many people voted for nobody and how many yeah. people voted for Nixon. <laughs> and yeah, that, statistically speaking, then nobody should be the president, which is where South Africa is. But that's not so, how democracy works. It's the will of the many who vote, not so the will me. of the many. So forgive me if I'm, if I'm reading too much into this, but if someone would rather stay home and not participate than not, than, than vote for the ANC, um, which is their first choice. So if they could vote for the ANC, they would, but because they can't vote for the ANC, they'll stay at home. That's what, those are the people we're talking about, right? Then I'm happy they're staying at home, frankly. On the better voters to, role. But that works to, for the ANC, guys. That works no, for no, the no, ANC. No, 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 because no, no. on the voters' role of 25 million South Africans, people eligible to vote, 25 million South Africans whose names are on the voters' roll, only 18 million show up to vote, and 11 million of those vote for the ANC. It works for you the know, ANC guys, if people stop coming to the vote, to the poll. I would like to suggest one day that we have a conversation about the so-called independent electoral commission, how it works. We need to ask people whether elections have been rigged in South Africa or not, whether all the results that have been churned out are a true reflection of the voters. Or I have had these conversations with somebody, you know him, is all there on the internet. And, and the, the, the ANC controls the IEC, not everything that we have seen is a reflection of what people are worried. So we keep seeing all the stupid people, informed, ill-informed people keep voting for the ANC. We don't have proof of that. We believe that because we blindly believed what the, the IEC tells us. We need, it's important that we have this conversation. And it's important that we ask the IEC, what are you going to do to make sure that, it, given all these load-shedding things, uh, the crisis, what are you going to do to make sure that we have proper trusted relations next year? What plan are you studying? They're not going to come up in the last minute and make excuses. 
I don't know how much more evidence we need. I mean, we we spoke, Pumi brought up Chris Papas, this guy in Umgeni, who's now running that municipality. Uh, they're not at a loss anymore. They've balanced their budgets. They've sorted out their water. They've sorted out some municipal issues that were that were dragging around for the last 28 years. So that he's starting to get things right. I don't give a shit that he's white, but some people seem to think that that's the story. We've got proof that sometimes some politicians get it right. Jordan Hill Lewis, who in Cape Town is doing a terrific job. You know, two of my friends in the last two weeks who've come up to visit in Joburg have said they are horrified and astonished at how backward Joburg is sliding and how quickly it's sliding backwards. They are disgusted at the state of our roads, the state of our our, our electricity water supply, the fact that the Santon CBD is almost uh, a a, 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 a zombie apocalypse zone there's hardly any people around and this is obviously not happening in cape town i mean i was there in december briefly and it's alive and there are things happening Sally, you just spoke about how investment's starting to pull back into cape town post covid now if jordan hill lewis and chris puppas can get this right what the hell is wrong with everybody else and if we have two examples of people who are doing it right then why are we even bothering to look at other candidates when we've already got people who can Go up instead of people who have to fail up. Yeah, but can I just say one thing? Look, of course, I, first of all, I would like the mayor of Cape Town to stand up for the leadership of the DA. I think he'd, I really like him. I think he'd make a great job, but it's up to him to say, okay, I'm, I'm making myself available. Even Alan Winder is a good leader, potentially, if he had wanted, but I don't think that he was interested in the job because he knows it's a, it's a, it's a, no, he, he blew it. Yeah. He, he blew it for me when he, when he, okay. when he was all pro lockdown. I lost all faith in him when he started going on about lockdown and vaccines. Sorry. Yeah, but I think we should have get to a point where we don't rely on the goodwill and the good heart of of or the good health of individuals for South Africa to work. People, who, there are still too many people in the National Assembly in municipalities around the, the country appointed mostly by the EFF and the and the ANC. Who should not be in the, in the in those positions for the reasons that you mentioned? We should have a system that's able to kick them out. As, as soon as anybody goes rogue on South Africa, we should have a system that kicks them out and not and not end up with situations where you have t- people sitting at home for three, four, five years getting paid huge salaries. Is some of them even demanding uh, to be paid uh, bonuses at the end of each year while they're sitting at home? So we have a system that's messed up. We need to look back and say, okay, we've tried this for thirty years. What do we do differently to make sure it doesn't happen again? It's not just about replacing individuals that keep insisting. It's about looking at what's wrong with the system. What are the checks and balances that we need to either strengthen or introduce into the system to make sure people don't go rogue on on us again? Congo Chris says, Cape Town is a blinding example of what South Africa would be without the ANC. And I'm afraid that that is in some ways true, which is why the ANC hates the whole idea of Cape Town so much. They, yeah. they want they want people to look away as much as possible because they've, they've proven in Cape Town that when you can get competent government in place, and of course there's still problems in Cape Town. No one's saying it's perfect. But once competent government comes into place, everything seems to happen in the right direction, and it's making the rest of the country look bad. Yeah. And especially when it comes to crime, they, I mean, the Cape Town, the Western Cape has consistently asked the ANC government, national government, to devolve some of these key uh, powers, responsibilities, not to everyone blindly, but to those municipalities who are able, who have the capacity to do the job. Like policing, I mean, 
crime is a is a big problem in Cape Town. Cape Town is still, if you Google, listed as one of the most dangerous places in the world. Number one of the ten most dangerous places in the yes. world. You know, uh, yes. And the Cape, Cape Town has consistently, or the Western Cape has consistently asked the national government to have to give them more power to do. They know who the criminals are. They know who these people who peddling drugs are. They know who these people who are who are, who are who are laundering their money in restaurants and fancy places that jobbing people like to go and and spend their money at in, in Cape Town. Some of these places are money laundering joints for for for, for the for the for the underworld. Okay, the Cape Town people know that. I spoke to J.P. Smith, but but they, their hands are tied. You know, for some reason these. Police commissioners, provisional police, police commissioners who get uh, deployed into those positions, they come there with a political mandate, not to make sure that to make sure that the the the, the doesn't look good, and 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 that's a problem. It's too late for that. I mean, it's too late for him to to try and even hold a mirror. All I want is like if you've built a school. Like, I don't care, which was that municipality that the EFF, somewhere in Limpopo, they won that one municipality and they promised they would build a school. If that school isn't built um, and they haven't even laid one brick on top of each other there. I told you guys last week, they are literally 18 months away from the deadline. (laughs) Out. I'm sorry. Like, there is just no, we can measure these things. There are ways to measure the success of a government or a municipality. There are ways to do this. It's not hard. We have a report card. What have you built? What have you destroyed? What has gone well? What has gone poorly? How are people living? Have you improved their lives? We can measure all of this stuff. And if we measure it and you come up wanting no second chances, straight to jail. We, In fact, I think it's getting to the point now with this electricity crisis and with water looming that people are going to get pissed off enough that they're going to start calling for guillotines and things. And I'm not saying that that's a good outcome, but I, I saw it in the comments earlier. And I don't think that that's so unreasonable. These politicians <laughs> have got to watch out. Pumi, they've got to watch out. South Africans are tolerant of The tolerance of South Africans can only be measured in the action that they are willing to take. And all I'm saying is just on the stream alone, just the people watching and listening and interacting with us here today, there are more of us here right now in this moment than there are people in parliament, all of them, including the opposition parties. But given the opportunity, all of us here, to put up our hand, to say, right, all of us, we're going to get together and we're going to tackle X. We're going to put together a, a fund. We're going to bring on lawyers and we're going to hold in this ward, this particular person responsible, not 30% of the people in the stream would put up their hands. Not 30% of the people in the stream would put up their hands, would put their money where their mouths are, would put their time where their mouths are. And that's the difference. That is the difference. It's, it's, an, it's not enough for us to be out politicking each other and out competing each other about how smart we are and the ideas that we have. We've got to act. We've got to act. And voting is not enough. Showing up at the ballot box is not enough. That's yeah, but, 
For me, you know, South Africans, many South Africans across the country now are being forced to live, they're being double taxed if you want. So you still have to pay your rates and taxes. You still have to pay somebody to take care of your community safety, uh, you, you private security agencies or companies. You still have to go to private in, in, hospitals because you, you, there's less trust of, 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 of public hospitals, education system, et cetera, et cetera. But you're still paying a government with fed ministers and fetter ministers to, to, to go and do their own thing. I think we should do both. Of course, people should take responsibility locally, but we should also say, dude, we're giving you money. Do something. Do what we want you to do with our money. We can't afford to be paying for these things privately and paying taxes to a government. That's, doing no, that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's nonsense. And, and I agree with Pumi. I mean, you're not wrong. And Pums, you brought this up a, a million times. To your credit, you've been very consistent. But the fact is that we are not all professional politicians and neither do we have the time to be professional politicians. That's why we live in a republic of representatives. No, no, but I'm, all I'm asking for is basic level of competence. You would not hire a doctor. You would not go to a doctor had to have your spleen operated on if it was their first week on the job. And you wouldn't trust someone who wasn't properly qualified to work on your car. Politics is now a specialist occupation. There should be a certain uh, a number of checks and balances. Like we expect people in every other profession to be professional, it's the time for amateurs is over. It shouldn't just be a popularity contest. But how do you change that? How do you change well, that? How do, who determines that? While the ANC still runs the show. You, you can't change anything in the way South Africa runs, Karat, while the ANC runs the show. Because they don't allow you to. It's, it's working for the ANC. Why would the ANC want to change anything? Because it's working for them. People are it's working about. for more than the ANC. It's working for more than the ANC. It who, works who for the it private it? healthcare operators. It works for the private uh, security operators. Yes. It works for the private no, By schools. default, it, it works, works for everybody else by default. Than just the ANC. No, but it works for everybody else by default. The fact is, you still need to, to have a country that says, we've tried this, let's change some, something so that people benefit more, so that there's more power in the hands of the people of South Africa. The participation of the people in the democracy is a lot more meaningful than it currently is. You can't change that by saying, let's, let's change faces. You can't. All right. So, so we've got an election coming up uh, in, in the next year and a half and well, two years. What, what do we, what do we su- suggest might happen there? Because this is where we can exercise our power. This is what we went to the polls for in 94. This is what so many South Africans lost their lives for. This is not some small thing. So in this election, which is coming up, which we have lots of time to prepare for, what would your advice be, Solly, and your advice, Pumi, to the responsible South African citizen between now and the election and on the day of the election, what would you tell them to do if you could influence a hundred, a thousand, or a million people with your words right now? What would you tell them to do? Look, I think we should stop trying to the same tool or method approach over and over again and expect different outcomes. People forget that the African National Congress came to, came into power in '94. There was a lot of high levels of hurtfulness against apartheid. There were people from the non uh, those people who refused to, to participate in the you know conscription anti conscription people. The people from NGOs, communists, labor unions, etc. People came together and coalesced around around the Nelson Mandela led ANC to win. The ANC has been carried over. That's why it it, it cannot afford to lose Kosatu and the SACP around it. South Africans need to come together again 
and say now it's time to vote for a post-ANC South Africa. Let's get let's agree on a number of principles, a number of policies, a number of changes that we want to see happen, and let's 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 put together people who will make sure that when we vote for them, we're going to say we're going to vote for you, but once you go to, to the other side, these are the changes that we want, we want you to sue. It seems like a tall order, but the only way to get the ANC out is for people to come together. And the ANC knows that the more the opposition uh, area splits, the more the, the easier it is going to be for it. Because then you end up out on the other side of the line with people having one, two, three, four, five seats, and the ANC saying, okay, you vote us with us here, we'll give you that seat over there. You give, and this is what's happening. This is what we're going to right. see next day. So we need to gang up against the ANC. South Africa must gang up to move to the more Gang ANC. up. Okay, yes. but so, so in other words, Anybody but the ANC, so you could vote EFF, you could vote DA, no, you no, could no. vote Patriot no, no. Alliance. No, yes, EFF and ANC for me are the, are the same thing. Okay, so in other words, anyone but the ANC and the EFF is your Definitely. advice to people. Definitely. To people who are sitting there and still don't know what to do, that is Solly's advice today and, and going forward until the elections. Okay, what's yours, Pums? My advice is if you can convince five people, five people, to come with you to vote and to vote the right way. So What's I agree right? that we've, right got to, we've got to vote. We have got to vote differently. We cannot continue voting for the ANC. Unfortunately, the EFF is just an ANC light, right? We have got to, and by all indications, we are definitely seeing a, a, a coalition coming up in the next general election so we've got to we've got to say who who then vote for the ifp if you want vote for the da if you want vote for you know what i'm saying but if you if each one of us convinced five other people if i could talk to a million people to convince five people each you're sitting at six million people who are not voting for the anc who are not voting for the EFF. that's it that's what it takes well, remarkably, I mean, you know, we, we were jumping around quite a lot and there were some philosophical conversations and some identity discussions and things a bit earlier on. But it seems that we've come full circle because Sally and Pumi are both saying we should do the same thing. Go to the polls, make that effort, convince some other people to do it is what Pumi adds to that. But both of them are saying as long as you don't piss away your vote on the EFF or the ANC. That's pretty much the advice. Look, and there's there's lots of vote for Al Jabbar. There's lots of people that you can vote for. And and I absolutely so here's the thing. I absolutely refuse to say vote for FF or vote for DA or vote for whomever. The reason I refuse to say that is because different people vote for different things. But what we do know is we know that this far the ANC has been unable to deliver. This is the reason why they should not be given another chance. The reason for me why the EFF does not get the chance either is because they have simply taken... Do not forget that the EFF was started by a a disgruntled group of Mm -hmm. ANC youth leaguers who were thrown out of the party. Right. So the reason why I don't think that they are an option is because they they espouse the same values. They are the same type of of party. So those two parties, for me, their policies, their ideas are not different from each other. Anybody else needs to be given a chance. 
Can I Again, just say this? all those people, I just, I just want to throw this in quickly for all those people who are constantly, you know, like Pumi's here every week um, and, and she shares many, many opinions about many different things. Here she is being as clear, as crystal clear as she possibly can. And so all those people in the comment sections are always saying, oh, Pumi's just an ANC stooge or whatever. You, you heard what she just said. I got, I hate to gild the lily, but she can't be more clear than she has. If you don't understand that, then you're as bad at understanding things as the people who refuse to vote for a certain party because there's a white person or a black person or there isn't a white person or there isn't a black person. I can't help you anymore. And maybe it's time you find another show to listen to. Uh, Sully, what did you want yeah, to say? I agree with Mr. Clay. Look, what I want to say is the drive that South Africa needs shouldn't just be one of anger against the ANC. Like the, Removing the ANC should not be seen as an end. It should be a no. means to an end. We need to say... What kind of South Africa do we want to build? We need to come again, agree on that. And then how do we build it? There's no way, I believe fundamentally, that there's no way that the kind of South Africa we need is not going to happen under the ANC. I've said many times, I will keep saying it. So we need to say, remove the ANC so that we can build a better South Africa. That's, so it's not a means. We're not just driven by hatred for the ANC. We're driven by love for South Africa. We know, and I believe that we have an amazing potential as a country. But that potential is not going to be realized while the ANC runs the show. It's not. All right, the Tottenham Hotspurs, people. We've got uh, we've got five minutes here. Let's just talk because it, it had to come from of all people, Lindy with Sisulu. Is this just a spiteful way for her to spend money that she didn't earn, that she's taking from taxpayers? Is this just a spiteful move to show South Africans how how great it is being a minister that you can waste a billion rand just on some capricious idea, and that you think in somehow in some way, shape, or form, South African tourism is going to be boosted by backing a British football team. What do we make of this? Shame, man. Okay, so so <laughs> there's been lots of back and forth about this yesterday. Uh, the Daily Maverick broke the story, and they, they were clear. I mean, the headline even was from Lindy versus Sulu with love. And she came out with guns blazing via her spokesperson to say that the Daily Maverick article is filled with inaccuracies and that they just want to tarnish her good name um, because of a political agenda. That, yeah. that aside, we're not going, that's not a conversation we're going to get into. But the, the 990 odd billion rand that is being talked about is literally 36% of SA tourism's budget. And lots of talk has been had about Rwanda is doing it very successfully. Visit Rwanda on so many. But what, what we're not talking about, and, and even though they are saying that this is coming from Tourism SA, SA Tourism are the ones that have been running this deal, that it precedes Lindy Wesusulu's time as the minister. It's apparently, they started having this conversation in 2017. Mm-hmm. But they are quite a ways down the line of having this conversation. There is so much to be spoken about, about the fact that we have priorities that we should be considering. And even if this conversation was started in 2017, many things have changed since then. And the tourism sector has seen, particularly because of the lockdowns, the worldwide lockdowns, not just our lockdowns, that the tourism sector and players in the tourism sector have suffered greatly. And maybe that money could be put to better use. I think it doesn't tarnish Lindy Wesusulu's good image that she didn't know about this. 
Because actually what? You are the person that is supposed to be in charge of all of these things. And you're just like, I didn't know they were doing this. And mm-hmm. suddenly we're supposed to think that, a oh, billion, so it's um, not you doing yeah. it, but you didn't know it's being done. Yeah, look, the Fuck conversation right. started several years ago, but it's been, it hasn't been a constant conversation. They apparently, just like the Guptas, if you look at the Guptas, when the Guptas arrived in South Africa, they, they met Mandela, they met Zuma, Mbeki, there were pictures out yeah. there. But then finally they made, they make their hit when Zuma came into power. So these guys, apparently this deal was rejected a few times by SA Tourism, but now it's about to go in. It's a huge amount of money for all the reasons that you mentioned. It shouldn't go through. I don't trust the Sulu. She's about to be removed from that position. The A, the, the SA Tourism doesn't have a permanent CEO. It doesn't have a permanent uh, chief financial officer. So they're going to appoint people who are going to find 36% of their budget tied into this thing. We don't do yeah. things because other people are doing them. We, we, you should, and now people are throwing about a six, 600 billion or 6 billion rent of a return on investment. They need to unpack this. What does that mean? Okay, is it in potential spend by tourists in the future? This thing must not happen. The, the timing is just not right, given what's going on in South Africa. It really shouldn't things happen. have changed. I, yeah. I think at the risk at the risk of sounding like I hate Cyril, um, you know, <laughs> we've been talking about <laughs> we've been talking about an imminent reshuffle of cabinet. Who would be the person if she, if he were to reshuffle the cabinet? Who would be the people that he would throw out? Um, I don't know if we're going to see a reshuffle. I don't know if we're going to see a reshuffle. It will be fun if we oh, see a reshuffle know. and who should be yeah. reshuffled. Well, they, they're going to I replace it with Nomvila Mukonyani. The ANC is capable of that. I mean, he's got so little talent to draw from, you know, that NEC is again a, a really, really shallow pool when it comes yeah. to talent. You know, you know what? The, the the executive decision of the talent from which he has to pull is not necessarily the ANC's NEC. Any one of those people who are MPs are available to serve the country. This is what for me, this is one of the things that our president fails to see. He had the opportunity and he had everybody behind him of putting together a cabinet of individuals who were drawn from all the different parties because of the skills that they would how, bring. So, and about, he didn't do that. And I you know, don't want to be against the president. I don't want to be against the president, but he's really about, surrounded himself. He has surrounded himself with idiots. Well, he made it clear he was keeping the party together. He was. He, he did say, I'd rather see, be seen as a weak president than one under whom the NC is going to break. So he had to bring all these schmucks into political office. How about the the idea that you could appoint people who are not politicians to jobs in cabinet? How about the idea that your directors general also don't have to be political appointments? What about having what about having like really truly amazing South Africans? We've got some very clever people in the private sector. We have some very pe- clever people in academia. We have some very clever people in all kinds of places in South Africa. The only place we don't have any clever people is in politics. So don't choose from the politicians. I mean, he, he's allowed to, the president is actually empowered to appoint anyone who is a South African citizen to a cabinet position. Anyone. He could go yeah, and search the, far and wide, but he won't the, do it because, because his power base then well, is, the you know, list, award comrades. The list of people in the ANC of comrades waiting for their turn to eat is very long, Carol. I don't know how we do it. Shame, man. And they won't ever get their turn now. Yeah.
Well, listen, we've tried to solve, we've tried to solve a few problems today. We certainly got lots of, of clear and direct answers from both Pumi and Solly. So guys, thank you again for your, uh, your, your open-minded and, and, and heartfelt and honest answers. We need that more and more in this country and enough of this. This bullshit where people are pandering and speaking politically correct terminology to each other and trying to skirt the issues by, you know, jumping over what is obviously a huge chasm in the understanding of what South Africa is all about. I like these conversations. It's part of the thing that I look forward to every week. Solly, it's always great to have you. Pumi, you, 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 you've hit some knockout punches today. I hope that this uh, isn't the last time we have this conversation, but I do hope some of these things can be left in the past so we can move on. I hope so too. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. You. I really enjoyed it. Nice to see you, Sally. Bye-bye. See you in South Africa one day. Cheers. We'll see you on the burning platform next Thursday. Cliffcentral.com.